Welcome to episode number 160, No More Pain. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned into the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe Heck. Goose and Morris, no more pain. In this episode, we have special guest Morris Derry, who covered topics that range from mentorship, substance abuse, domestic violence, homelessness, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Colin Powell and Franklin D. Roosevelt. Guys, if you're new, don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off, the man of the hour, Morris Derry. Thank you for joining us, sir. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I'm glad that you guys invited me here. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, cool. So uh, for those of us who do not know who you are and what you do, uh, let us know. All right, so my name is Morris Derry. I am the founder of an organization called No More Pain Incorporated. Um, What we do is No More Pain Incorporated is a mentorship-based program. So what we do is um, we mentor those um, who are battling or suffering with domestic violence, homelessness, substance abuse, cancer, probation and parole, and things like that. So I created to take you back to how No More Pain came to be. Uh, I'm a diehard Tupac fan. Everybody knows Tupac, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, Tupac, I was incarcerated in 1996. Okay. Uh, I was doing a five-year bit upstate, and uh, Tupac died in 96. So I was actually went to jail in 95. When Tupac died, um, a song came on the radio, um, and it was No More Pain. Mm. So I actually wrote that down. I was like, you know, I'm going to do something with that, that no more pain, you know? Yeah. Um, so throughout my five years incarceration, I um, created a mentorship program. Um, it was basically centered around on people who were coming in and out of jails at first. So when I was incarcerated, you see people leave, then they come right back. Mm-hmm. Hey, why'd you come back? Oh, my PO violated me because I didn't have a job. Oh, got to have a job. You know what yeah. I mean? So I would write things yeah. down, you know, and, and <laughs> I created this mentorship program. Based program. Actually, I wish I would have brought a copy so y'all can see it. But um, so I created that program while incarcerated. So when I got out in 2000, um, I put that program to use for myself. So I made sure I, I um, had got a job. When it came to education, I graduated high school, but I went back for um, surgical technology. Um, what else we we do? Um, you know, I just took care of the things I needed to take care of to get myself back on the feet after being incarcerated. So that program that I created actually helped me. Yeah. Um, I did. I walked off ten years without one violation, which is nice. hard to do when you're nice. um, yeah, once you're in the system, yes. you know. And and I've been in the system since I was thirteen. Wow. Um, so, you know, it took it took time, but I finally got off. The, you know, finally got off, and then that's when I was like, you know, let's put this program into use to everybody else. Um, so after you know, you know, life goes on. You get out of jail, so you know that kind of kind of went on the back burner. I just did what I had to do to to stay out of jail, and life went on. Um, then later on, like, uh, so it'd be 11 years, uh, ago. So it said, what's the date 11 years ago? So that's 2008, um, 2008, um, it's crazy story because, you know, you guys are, you and your listeners are probably going to be the first out of 10 that know the true story behind me, wow. but I actually used to sell heroin. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, and knowing that what heroin would do to somebody, I still sold it. I was working mm-hmm. and I was, you know, I lost, I was out on disability, need to make some money. My, my, one of my friends from Philly was like, hey, sell this. I'm like, All right, cool. Hmm. You know what I mean? So I was selling it. And then, you know, me knowing, you know, that, you know, drugs or whatever is, you know, was a bad thing. I didn't, I didn't, I put that to the back burner of my mind mm-hmm. because I need to, you know, an income. Mm-hmm. But anyway, long story short, uh, somebody came to my house, bought for me, and they OD to my kitchen. Wow. What? Um, so I kind of picked them up, drove them to St. Mary's Hospital Langhorn in the emergency room and turned around and walked away. Hmm. Um, thank God that person didn't die, but I remember going home, getting to work, going to the dealer and was like, yo, man, this ain't for me. Hmm. You know, I can't do this. Um, and then from that moment on, it's been about getting people clean, getting people clean, getting mm-hmm. people clean. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, this is this is a sign, kind of almost a sign from God, like, yo, that, that program you got, you're sitting on in that back burner, it's time to bring it up and, sure. and, and, and help people out. So if you think about 11 years ago, people weren't calling what we see today an epidemic. Yeah. Sure. yeah. You know, people yeah. really weren't, you know. And I was. I was like, yo, this is going to get worse. You know, I wasn't telling people the true story behind what, I, you know, how I knew it was going to get worse. Yeah. But I knew it was going to get worse. And um, so for 11 years, man, I've been just hitting the pavement, man. And for the first um, six years of it was just for me personally. You know, I'd go out three nights a week and just talk to people, man. Down there in Kensington, people in our own community out here in Bristol, mm-hmm. you know, and just go out and just start talking to people and trying to see what I could do to get people off the streets and into treatment. And my biggest thing is telling people, you know, I might not be able to change your situation, but I'll make it as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, fast forward, uh, 2014, I decided to go on Facebook with it. You know, a, a family member was like, yo, what you do in the community is great. People should hear about it. And I'm like, ah, that's kind of more my, you know, my uh, personal thing. I don't mm-hmm. really, do, you know, yeah. it really wasn't. When I was out there doing it 11 years ago, you would barely see any other commu- uh, other, any other organization or person out there really doing it. There mm-hmm. were, but there really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, later on when we get into talking, I'll really tell you some deep stuff that I've seen by doing this. Um, but anyway... So 2014, I put a post on Facebook about what I was doing, and I invited people to come out hmm. um, down to the city. And um, this one person showed up. Her name was Abby Anderson, and I told her about this vision I had, and she told me about her passion. And together, we uh, started No More Pain. So. Wow. That's awesome. You know, and that wow. was 2014, so this November is our fifth year. Wow. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. So, that's how it came to be. Mm. Um, again, like a lot of people don't know that true story behind it. But if you look at um, everything about No More Pain, so we, we do domestic violence. So every part of uh, No More Pain is a personal, for my personal background. So think about domestic violence. My mom and my sisters went through it at a time where I was too young to do anything about it. A little mm. kid, I can't you know, yeah, do nothing yeah. about it. So I know what that, that experience. Mm. Substance abuse. I went through it myself at 17. I went to rehab for cocaine and meth, you know, got out of rehab, never touched it again. Mm-hmm. Now, again, like I said in my story, I went to jail later on, but it, was, it wasn't for drugs or, or drug related. You know what I'm saying? So um, cancer, cancer runs, that's the leading cause of death in my family. Mm-hmm. So homelessness, when I'm, I went to Puerto Rico the first two weeks in Puerto Rico, I was homeless. So mm-hmm. um, me and my mom and my little brother and sister live in a, a one-better motel in Marsville called a country house motel for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so everything that I give people is personal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'll never knock another organization, but a lot of organizations out there, they're just, you know, they're doing what we do, which is great. 
but it's not a personal thing to them. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're out there like, all right, we want to save lives, but they don't. They're not really personal affected by their own program. So, sure. you know what I mean? So that's where, if you you get into the uh, heartbeat of no more pain, it's everything that I've been through in my life. So, so going from uh, five years ago when you met Abby to now, how how, how are you um, going about and reaching out to people? Is it something where they go to a website? Or are you just going out into as you said? Uh, to the streets of Philadelphia and just walking around, or uh, how does it all work? Like, how do you? Man, collect? it's it's or it's all different ways. It's all different ways. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, man. We, um, so when I first came, like when we got out and came out with no more pain, um, the United States turns off in Philadelphia reached out to me. They wanted to work with me. Wow. Send me people who are getting out of jail. You know, I went and got a um, went out and got a job. I'm not I quit my job at Estee Lauder. I was there for ten years and took my 401 and my pension and got an office in Philadelphia and, you know, fit all the criteria that these people wanted me to do. And they never sent me any money, you know, so, you know, I don't know why, you know, why they never sent me anybody, but they never, the email stopped. They stopped returning my phone calls. Wow. And it just, and I mean, they knew about my past. It wasn't like, you know, they researched me. Oh, wait, this guy was incarcerated. So they already knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it just didn't work that way. So eventually we had to close the office. You know, I paid Mm. for no more pain out of my pocket. Yeah, you know, and, you know, we're waiting to get funded from you know our government, but eh, there's really no funding in in recovery. So let's yeah. just put it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of money in um the relapse, but there's no money in recovery. So mm-hmm. you know, so that so we came across that. So we had to close the office. You know, now I just do it from my house, but it's more than just um mentoring people. You know, we go out there. My 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 um quotes are simple conversation goes a long way. To me, it's all about going out there and talking to somebody because you never know who's gonna be like, hey. I need help. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and over the last five years, man, I can, I can honestly say that we helped hundreds of people off the streets. We helped hundreds of people in the treatment. Um, I sit in detox uh, waiting rooms with people, um, you know, uh, st- complete strangers who don't even know me. You know what I mean? And it's just like, hey, I'll go with you. You ready for help? Let's go. You know, but the biggest kicker is insurance. You know, if you don't have insurance, you got to go here. It's it's it's, it's difficult. What I do is really difficult. Mm. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's not just going out and giving people food and clothing and mm. and talking. It's really, you know, you got to meet people's families, talk to their mothers. Mm. Um, I have a strict confidentiality policy, but in my phone, I have hundreds of pictures that family members send me to go out and look for people. Mm. You know, mm. so we go out three oh, nights wow. a week. After I do the show, I'll be out in Kensington, Philly. Uh, t- tomorrow we'll be out there. And then Thursday we do Bristol, Levittown, um, and Middletown area. Do you go to specific areas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do like – Kensington is just Kensington. We do all of Kensington. So. Sure. Yeah. Now, the thing about Kensington and, and up here is, is I tell uh, everybody up here, if you rip – up here is just like Kensington – you know, if you, it's like it's like we're covered with a blanket. If you rip that blanket off, you're gonna see Somerset right here over here on you know Wood Street. You know what I mean? It's right. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. It's yeah. just up here. It's more in your house. You know, behind the scenes in in Philadelphia, it's in your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's 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 tough, man. But you know, I'm I'm gonna continue to do it. You know what I'm saying? It, this heroin epidemic and uh, opiate epidemic is really killing a lot of people, man. Mm. And I get it, you know. I help dealers off the off the streets. I have, I got two uh, ex drug dealers that are now um, run their own mentorship programs. One's in California now, and one's in Virginia. So, and they were from Philly. So, you know, you know, everybody can change, and it's not just the addict or you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. even the dealers. Some of these dealers are just selling this drug and don't even really 
know mm. the damage that is done. They're, you know, like when I was selling it, I just wanted to make money. You know what I mean? So it is, it's a lot. It's a lot to it, man. But again, like we do the mentoring. Um, I believe that you know, once people get out of rehab, there, there has to be more for them, and it's really not. If you're not um, ordered by courts, probation, or parole, you don't have to go to meetings. You don't have to go get a sponsor. Mm -hmm. But go out there and try to live and not relapse. Mm. I believe you need two years of complete sobriety before you can honestly say you got it. Mm. So our goal is to mentor people for that first two years after treatment okay. to keep them clean, keep them sober, and and help them with, you know, if they need to go back to school, if they mm. need to re reunite with family members, if they need jobs, if they need whatever it may be, we, we try to assist them with that. So going inside, if you can, going inside the, you know, the minds of the abuser and then the dealer, is there some similarity there where they're just, there's an avoid or they're just... It's all of addiction, man. Yeah. Even being a drug dealer is an addiction. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just, a, it's it's... You know, and you think about where, you know, I smoke cigarettes. I can't quit a cigarette to save my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 there's so many addictions out there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, but this, what we're talking about is really doing a number of the heroin and the opiates. But at the same time, I think alcoholism is the, the leading cause of death when, the, death when you come to substance abuse. And yeah. a lot of people don't understand that. But this heroin and opiates are just killing People young, old, white, black, you don't care who you mm -hmm. are, it's going to kill you, it's going to kill your family, it's going to destroy everything. <laughs> so we do a lot. Like, yeah. I don't, like, I do a lot of events all throughout the year. We got a, um, an event called the Red Rose Petal Ceremony. That's usually in May at Cool Creek Park in Langhorn. And that's more of, um, so, you know, last year we had 150 names of people who passed, who passed from addiction in each. With that past year? I don't know. There's no names that are submitted okay. to me. Oh, okay, okay. So I don't know if it's, you know, it could have been 20 years ago. Okay. But okay. we just read each name off for each rose petal and we throw it in the lake. Wow. It was a great ceremony. And um, then I got the Love for an Addict that I just did one um, last Friday at this place called ProAct. Um, so that's more of a celebration of those in recovery. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because people don't, you know, that's a cell. You got to celebrate. Whether you have a day clean or, you know, I haven't touched um, meth or cocaine since I was 17. And that'll mean tomorrow I can't relapse. You know what I'm 100%. saying? I'm 45. So, right. yeah. you know what I mean? So it doesn't, it doesn't matter how long you, you don't do a drug. But how do you see when, when you're trying to connect with somebody and you could tell they're just out of it, so to speak, but you could tell they want some level of help? How do you, how do you Man, actually I know what I do. Out? Like I said, I don't ever pressure. You yeah, know, yeah, I'll, yeah. See, I'll be out there and I'll see organizations like trying to really pressure people to get help, which is cool. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, but my approach is different. Right. My approach is, hey, when you're ready, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But until you're ready, here's all I can do for you. You know what I mean? So, man, I did an overnight in abandoned houses down in Kensington. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, and, you know, I never disrespect anybody in recovery, but it's really like the living dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I stayed in this bathroom, and then um, I wanted to go smoke a cigarette outside, and I'm walking through the house. It's really dark, and I'm like. People just stand there all hunched. They're like, they're high. Yeah. And I just like couldn't wait for the daylight to come so I can roll. You know, it was, yeah. you know, it was one of my um, missions with No More Pain to do overnight. I'm actually going to do a couple more. But it's, those are, those are tough, man. Going to those abandoned buildings and seeing people, you know, you'll see pregnant women. You'll see, mm. you'll see people wow. look like grandmoms. You'll see people look like me and you, yeah. you know, and you're just like, wow. You know, and I've met over the last 11 years, man, I've, I've met lawyers doctors i've met teachers i've met kids i've met grandparents that all struggle in this addiction 
Yeah. You know, so. And I write poetry, so I got like four poetry books out. Mm. And all my poetries are true life stories that were told to me. You know, so. Wow. Now, is there is there something where, um, I know everyone's case is different, but is there like a, a common thread that you see where is this kind of like this pain or something that people are trying to escape? Or is it like just... Man, it's anything, it's man. Anything, it, yeah. it, you can be... I'll put it this way. It, from my experience, because every, you know, like you said, everything is different. Every people are different. It's somebody's going through something personally in their life, and then, yeah. and this is their end result. But understand that there's, there's addicts who... Um, weren't addicts yesterday, yeah. you know what I mean, and who mm-hmm. broke a leg and had to get on pain pills, and now they're, you know, That's it, yeah. they, the doctor said you can't wear pain pills, but you still got the pain now. All right, well, I got to get rid of this pain. And somebody said, hey, here's a perk. And then they go with the perks, and then the perks run out, and then, they, oh, here's the heroin. Mm. And, you know, and it's, you know, if you think about it, heroin been around for a long time. Yeah. They actually used to give it to um, the war people in Vietnam for pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they used to give that for pain. So what's not what's killing people now is not really the heroin; it's the carfentanil and the fentanyl that's in the heroin. You know, it's what the heroin's being mixed with. You know, and now they got the Narcan that's supposed to save your life, right? So, if you're an addict and I got Narcan on you, you're going to continue to be an addict because mm. you think I got something on me that's going to save your life. Mm. All right. Um, at first, I was against Narcan, man. I was totally against. I was like, man, you're not. You're fighting addiction. You're not. You're you're trying to. You're 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 giving something that's dealing with addiction. That's not an end result. So, Narcan is not Narcan is not a deterrent. You know what I'm saying? Now, now I'm all for it. I actually had to use Narcan 33 times. Wow. Five of those times, the person didn't make it. So, there's been people die actually died in my arms Damn. fighting this um, epidemic. You know, it's that real and it's that serious. So, you know what I mean? That's true. So how does well, dude? That's like some heavy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, no, it's, you know, it's deep, man. So how do I deal with it? You want to know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so I'm like, because so, everyone asks like, me, like, well, how do you deal yeah, yeah, with it? Like, like, you know. And again, man, I write. I just write. Like, I, I, I'm almost like a news reporter. I want that story. You know, why are you here? You know, why? You know, what led you to this? To to drugs, and 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 you'll find slimmer stories, but no story is the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, they're similar to, oh, something happened, this happened, and now, now here I am. But the story itself are all different. So I have this thing where, for me, um, wh- whether it's, you know, just being anxious and having anxiety, thinking about overthinking things, or looking at things that happened and just thinking about them too much, where it's like, dude, I can't sleep. And is that, is that how do you work through something like that? Where the Narcan doesn't work, and you just, and then the next day you have to get up and just keep pushing. You just got to keep doing it, man. Yeah. I don't like. I really don't know how to answer that question, but yeah. I'll just say it's either God or I'm crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? But <laughs> you know what I mean. I just keep, you know, I, I got to do it. It's like I got a three year old. You know, you guys yeah. got kids. You know, and I'm scared for my daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think this epidemic or crisis, whatever anybody wants to call, it, is not going to go anywhere. Yeah. It's only going to get worse. It's only been getting worse. You know, um, I don't got statistics in front of me, but it's since I've been doing this every year, it's, you know, more and more people are dying, more and more and more people are coming addicted. You know, um, it's not just a Kensington thing. It's a Bristol thing. It's a Langhorn thing. It's a Yarley thing. It's a New Hope thing. It's a dual sound thing. It's all in these, you know, communities that y- you wouldn't have suspected to be. Yeah. Um, if you go to Kensington, 
eighty percent of the people are not even from Philly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, they're from up here. They're from Montgomery County. They're from Jersey. They're f- there's people who come to Philly just for the drugs. Yeah. You know, from different states. So, hmm. it's 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 really it's it's, it's big. But but you, sometimes I think I'm fighting um, a losing battle because it's all about money, man. Yeah. You know, if you really look at it, um, it's all this is really about money. It takes me two hours to maybe get somebody into treatment because their insurance is not right. Mm. You know what I mean? So obviously with insurance, that means money. You know, their insurance doesn't cover this much money. Yeah. So, you know, when you, if you could take the dollar sign out of it, then I think that we can find solutions that can end it. But I just don't, you know, I just don't think that's in the, um, there's, it's money, man. Mm. Either way you look at it, recovery or the relapse, there's just money. So um, I know me and you were going back and forth in communication. You talked a little bit about um, supplying supplying some folks with some pizza. What's oh, that? Yeah. What's what's that all about? Can you explain a little bit? So Brothers Pizza in Langhorn. That's where I grew up in Langhorn Borough. They have the best pizza. The Brothers Pizza. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, Brothers Pizza is really good. Yeah, you, know, you know that's up for debate. People debate me all the time, but for me, Brothers Pizza is the best pizza in the world. But anyway, so I grew up eating their pizza. And one day I was at the bank, and one of the owners of Brothers was in the bank, and he was like, "Yo, I heard you." Um, you're out and you know doing what you do. He's like, oh, every night I got pizzas that I just throw in the trash. You want to take them? Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. That was four years ago. So <laughs> we've been giving out pizzas three nights a week for four years. I think they're almost at ten thousand pizzas. I count every. I keep count. So they're almost at ten thousand pizzas over the last four years. Wow. So wow. every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday that we go out, we go out with pizzas. So again, like once I leave here, I'll shoot up there, get pizzas, and then oh, you know we're that's out. Great. And it, but and again, it's it's not just about pizzas. It's about I go out there, I give I give pizza, and we talk. That's the icebreaker, right? You know what I mean? Um, I take you know sometimes I take out my uh, these two chairs on the table and play chess, you know, with a couple hmm. people. So, you know, it's it's more than just supplying people with those type of stuff, you know. And the reason why I do that is because if I was in that situation, here comes somebody with food, clothing, and all that. Cool, you know, hook me up. You know what I mean? But now this person is also saying, hey. You know, I care about you. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll, you know, if you ever need help, let me know. I don't, you know, mm. and I'll go down there. Here's pizza. You got to go to treatment. No, you know, here's, you know, here's this, mm. that, and the third. When you're ready, let me know. So if they call, they call. If they don't, they don't. You know, I can't really. That's the part where I don't get myself caught up in it. You know, I give out my card. They call, they call. They don't. Then I just move on. Yeah. You know, so. And, you know, there's been people, you, you go down there, man, and you meet people, and it's like, then you go down there again, and they're like, oh, what happened to uh, so-and-so? Oh, man, the OD died last night. And you're just like, oh. you know, wow. damn, could I, could I have saved him? You know what I mean? Could I have done more? You know, you, you know, you'll come across those, you know, I come across those times, but then, you know, quickly, I'm just like, you know, there's nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, once I'm more funded and we have an office again, better facility and, and, and things like that, then I'm going to try it again with the mentoring. Mm. Um, the mentoring right now is just more on hold because I don't have a place for people to come to to see me. Yeah. Um, and I don't like really going to people because like people's houses, I feel like a PO or, you know, yeah. Yeah. somebody. So I'd rather them come to me. Um, but right now I mentor two guys who actually live in, in Bristol. Um, and we meet, we meet up and we talk and we hang out and I ask them what's going on and, you know, just being, it's more about being a friend and, um, a mentor in a sense, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so what, if, if, if someone's seeking help, um, they go to you, what, what can they expect? What kind of conversation does it start off with? It's more like if, and, and I actually do that, um, make 
the person who I'm trying to help give the initiative of reaching, looking for me first. Right. And that means that, y'all, you're serious about, you know, yep. your recovery or getting cleaner or, or seeing what I really can help you. But it's more about trying to see what they need. And if and if it's something that I can't help them with, man, I, I, I got places I can refer to. There's no, sure. there's never been nobody who called my phone and, and I couldn't do nothing. Right. So I got, I'm, I'm, I'm networked with too many people. And like in this area, like Proact is over here on Veterans Highway. Um, a lot of people don't know about it. You know, a lot of people in this area do not know that there's help right around the corner. Hmm. And I'm on that, um, their vision committees over at Proact. Um, Proact's a recovery specialist center. Okay. Uh, they help people in recovery. And a lot of people in our, in our Bristol area don't, don't really know about it. So, you know, we got to promote them a little bit too. So, so... Uh, Obviously, all of us, everyone is affected by someone who suffered from cancer, passed from cancer. How, how do you come across uh, folks who are dealing with that? Well, cancer is more of the cancer is more just of the awareness. Yeah. We did a big cookout. I call it the cookout for cancer. Okay. Um, we raised money for, for Pete's Say Cancer um, Place, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that was just more about my mom's a cancer survivor. She okay. spoke at that. So that's more about just you know, um, spreading that awareness about different cancers. Yeah. Um, to mentor somebody with cancer, I haven't had a person to mentor yet, but we will. It, it'd be like, you know, somebody who has cancer and is trying to get through it. I'd pair them up with somebody who had, who was a survivor of cancer. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's how it goes, you know? So I've yet to have a, somebody to mentor in cancer, but, you know, the door's always open for somebody. I got plenty of mentors on hand. So is part of the mentorship program, do you use... Um, cause I remember, I don't know why I keep thinking of this example, but there's like baseball players back in the day, these guys were doing, and I'm not, believe me, I'm not trying to relate one thing to another, mm. just saying they're, they were doing dip or chew, whatever. And they replaced it with uh, like seed, sunflower seeds or something. Is it something that, you know, you do poetry, um, is, or are you trying to help them replace something or how does it really work? I'm just trying to understand. Well, you have to, you really, once you're an actor, you're always an actor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so it's not about it's about t showing people that there's more to life than that. Okay. Or or telling people like when you go through something, you don't have to resort to this or that. I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. about putting people. Um, it's about you know changing people, places, and things in a sense. But at the same time, you know, it's just about you want people to live life like everybody else you're always going to come into trying times yeah, yeah you know what i mean i go through trust me i can't even keep a relationship long <laughs> yeah trust me i go through things but i don't allow what i'm going through to affect my life in a sense you know what i mean if that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. yeah you know what i mean well you know you're going to go through things trial and tribulation i i believe um um to be a positive role model is to be able to to share your um trials and tribulations as you experience them tell people yo man i'm going through something you know so people you know you want that realness mm. you know i don't want like put it this way when i got out of jail and had to go to a po and had to go to all these stupid programs that they made me do you know you go there and you know that that person's getting a paycheck and they have education behind them mm -hmm. you come in my office i'm not getting a paycheck and you know there's realness come you know yeah. behind Absolutely. you know out my mouth there ain't no you don't see no plaque behind me with a Absolutely. bachelor's and master's degree. Absolutely. You know, you see a little certificate from Drexel that I attended an opiate class. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the information I'm going to give you is going to be real life information, yeah. not education. And I'm not knocking nobody with that because sure, there's, sure. You, know, you know, there, there's people that I network with who that's, you know, they went to school for this, sure. but 
me personally, I'm going to give it to you raw, real. Mm. And, like, people get mad, like, when I'll post a picture of somebody nodding off down Kensington. And I'm like, I'm going to give it to you raw, real, and I'm going to show you exactly what you need to see. Mm-hmm. I want you to be scared. I want you to, um, you know, go in your kid's room and talk to them and, and see what's going on, you know? Mm. It's 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 crazy out here, man. Now, do you see? Do you see? Um, like, uh, all right. So we 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 have we're parents. We have kids. Is there something that's done on the other end, preventative wise? Well, you know how like we take our vitamins to prevent X, Y, and Z. Man, they or is it just? It's just. I believe that you have to go to rehab first. Yeah. Rehab educates you. Yeah. Um. They give you that kickstart. They give you that. Whether it's thirty days, sixty days, six months, they give you that clean time to really um, look at your life, and you have to, you have that's where you have to take in, and that's where you have to rebuild your life after rehab. As soon as you got a rehab, you know your 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 uh, recovery really starts. Yeah, you know, you know, you're on your own. You know, we're talking about people who are not supervised. You know. Um, you're on your own, and you really got to go out here. It's str- it's a struggle, man. Yeah, it's a struggle to stay clean. Yeah, and you know why you know it's a struggle because every single person that I've ever helped has been in and out of treatment more than once. Mm. So that tells you that yeah, rehab works, but it's not the solution. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. what they got? They want to do the safe injection sites now. I'm totally against that. To me. It's like people come in here and then, you know, every, you know we're, we're supplying them with the tools to get high, okay? Now, what if there's a bad batch? Remember, I don't know if you guys um, really follow this, but I think it was last year, 80 people died, uh, not, not died, OD'd one weekend in Philadelphia, right? Hmm. No, they didn't die, but they OD'd, right? So imagine if there's a safe injection site and there's a bad batch of heroin at night and you got 50 people come in your building and they OD. You're not equipped to handle 50 ODs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, to me, it's enabling. Now, if somebody comes in there and somebody can get help through there, great. Yeah. But that's what if one person can go into a safe injection site and get help, they'll say it works. They'll say it works. I don't, I don't do all that. I don't so, know what so, I mean? so, so, what's their argument that th- why that is in place? Uh, safe needles off the street. I mean, there's no needles on the streets. Um, people have... Um, accessibility to treatment and things like that which is all true the medical staff on you know the medical staff that's all true you know it's all that's positive but until somebody says hey i want help there's nothing you can do i got you you know i mean that's that's where i draw my line oh that's great you know that's great oh cool i mean i've been in the meetings for these safe injection sites but you know once i say yeah but but until somebody says hey I, i want help then they're you know, to me, it's more about those things are more about, hey, we have a crisis. Hey, you, you need to do something. Hey, all right, let's just say we're doing this or do this because it looks like we're doing something. Hmm. You know, once you get in that mentality, you're really not saving lives. You're, yeah. you're making the problem worse. So. so you did mention that uh, initially you had an office and it just didn't quite work out. Um, I don't know if that's one of the toughest things, but what's one of the hardest things you're trying to overcome with the mentorship program? Is it getting, you know, uh, it's just more getting funded, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's all about funding. Like I, yeah. I, I work and I have to, you know, pay for this my, out of my own pocket. I don't really do all that GoFundMe stuff because I want people to believe in what I'm doing first. Yeah. You know, believe in what I'm doing first. And then if you want to help me, you help me. You know, if you don't, you don't. 
like when I first started, is I told my my board, my team, if we never get funded to do anything, I don't care. You know, it's not about that for me. It's about really going out there and changing somebody's life. We can get funded, great. If I can, you know, get a salary for being a program director of my program, great. But that's not going to be. That's not my goal in a sense. You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. goal actually, and I, I, I tripped this people out last night uh, talking. Is my goal is. I don't want no more pain being out there long. Yeah. I don't want no organization like mine being out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my goal. My goal is to one day close, stop doing no more pain because hopefully the the, the world is a better place. But hmm. we're going to be here for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so so going back to, um, you know, spreading the word, are, are you guys, do you have, you know, social media? Do you use anything to promote um how like for the level of awareness of what you guys do um what are you doing there we have a no more pain page on facebook okay. um it's called no more painting um my own morris dairy page on facebook nice we use the instagram i don't really do the websites i think more people are on these other social media sites One, than, yeah, the, yeah, than yeah, a website sure. um I've done podcasts. I have a I have a, my own podcast called Real Talk with Morris Derry. So okay, um, nice. we haven't we haven't we did five episodes. I'm just waiting for the kid to. He's a kid in school, so I'm giving an opportunity to do what you guys do. So okay, you know, but we do that. We any way I can, man. It's more it's more just word of mouth, getting out there. Everything I do, I post on in the, my pages and and get out there. We got the big homie claws event coming up in Christmas where I dress as the blue Santa. Um, you know, homie, homie for homeless. So, you know, and I'm this, I'm the Santa Claus at homeless. We drive around out here in Bristol. We go, we actually come right down Market Street. Um, the night before our event, so our event this year is December 21st. It's a Saturday, so that Friday the 20th, I'll be on the back of a truck out here, all dressed up. We played uh, Run DMC <laughs> Christmas in Hollis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be dressed in the blue Santa. I come right down the street here, man. Um, picking up donations for the the homie calls the event that's in Philly the following day. Okay. And then I dress a blue Santa on Saturday, and we walk through Center City, giving out uh, book bags full of stuff. Um, about eighty volunteers come out with me. It's a big, it's a big showing. Wow. And then we go through Kensington doing the same thing. So we got, I got events all year. You know, uh, when we speak about the domestic violence, I got, I'm, I'm putting together. Um, put it this way, the heroin and opiate epidemic took over no more pain in the sense of a lot of things like the cookout for cancer. We only did it one year, my first year. Um, wow. And then this, everything's been sent around this um, homelessness and the substance abuse. But the domestic violence, we got a, a three-on-three basketball tournament that we're supposed to run out and, and introduce to everybody. We got so many different things with everything I've, I talk about. So we're getting there. Hmm. Five years is November, but it might take five more before we're really, really out there. But in the meantime of doing those type of things, you know, we are getting people off the street. We are feeding people. We are getting people into treatment. We are, you know, helping people after treatment. We are um, dealing with family members of addicts. I'm on the phone almost every day with somebody, um, whether it's an addict or a loved one of an addict. So, you know, it's almost like a full-time job. So... So what I I think one uh, one of the hardest things for someone to even grasp is number one r- relating to someone that you don't even know what they've been through right. The second thing is is reaching out and actually helping them or trying to help them. The you know we we did like a little thing just amongst the the, the guys here, um, and 
the number one thing that we noticed is how gracious and grateful everyone was and they looked you square in the eye regardless of what they were they could have been high as a kite they could have been anything whatever was going on in their life for that split second they stared at you square in your eye and said thank you like genuinely and you like that energy you can't lie right that just like transferred right into my chest and that that's some like heavy stuff right i have no idea what that is but there are people who need help yeah and they are this i mean it was we did something that was so little but it, it it was a start we just needed to start somewhere just to figure things out um but dang that hit so it was so heavy you almost drove home you're supposed to feel like you help somebody and that you feel like kind of down yeah man you know you know you look at these people and you, th- you see your own family members you see your own yeah kids, you know? for me i see you know i mean it's, it's tough man it's it's it was what's, draining what's it tougher draining. is is talking to a dad Mm. When you have a grown man crying to you on the phone about their son or daughter, that's when you, you know you're like, you know, you're ready yeah, to cry. You know, yeah. like damn man, like I understand. I look at my daughter again; she's three years old. You know, and, and I believe that by the time she realizes what's going on in the world with considering concerning that, she's she's it's going to be worse. Hmm. Wow. And so you know, my goal is to make sure you know my daughter don't you know go through it. You know, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely. You hit it right on the target. I think it's like you almost see your a little bit of yourself in them, and I think that's what's like you know. Once you hear the stories and, and somehow tell you like, oh my god, you know, people who are rich, then there are people who always were poor, and the people who had this, had that, and people who didn't have nothing. The stories range, man, and and they all ended up in the same spot. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You think about a lawyer who was making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years. Um, a thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Now on the streets of Kensington, hmm. right next to somebody who's been in Kensington, lived in Kensington their whole life. You know what I mean? Right. So you know, and and you talk to them, and you wouldn't know. Right. You know who's the lawyer? Who's the you know who's been here forever? You know. Right. And then when you hear and you look at that person, you're like, you you'd be a lawyer. You know, I used to be a, a small town mayor in Jersey. I have a poem called "Small Town Mayor," and it's a wow. true story about this guy who told me he was a. He, now they tell me this. But whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this guy told me he was a small town mayor in some place in Jersey, and um, alcoholism turned him into an addict of uh, uh, heroin. So, you know what I mean? Hmm. I know I, I I talked to people who family her parents were preachers. You know, so it doesn't matter who you are, man. But but to keep it real, one hundred percent, we would not be doing what we're doing now. If this crisis didn't affect the same people who caused it, mm. so if you think about it, the um, pharmacy companies, right? You know, they admitted that they knew that these um, opiates could be addictive, right? It did. They didn't really care until somebody in their family got addicted, right, or died, and then they're like, "Wait a minute, you know, we we made a drug that's really people get addicted and dying, mm. and now it's an <laughs> epidemic." You know what I mean? Our our government to me our government um like like Pennsylvania the um, Donald Trump you know they you know they're all big about this you know this crisis right mm-hmm. give all this money out to different states to fight this crisis but that money um so Pennsylvania for example will say because I don't know exact numbers they got say thirty one million dollars to fight the opiate crisis right okay yeah. that money will never get down to mom and pop organizations like mine mm-hmm. that'll go to your already made rehabs your police departments your Places like Proact that I network with, they'll go to the rehabs that are already out there. They'll go to already out there programs to help fund them more to get 
you know, to help fight the crisis. So our, our goal now, um, my business team, is to go after businesses, you know, like Snowco's big businesses to help, you know, fund my, my program. So hopefully that works. That's awesome. So, so what, what's, um, I know you said hopefully eventually you can close the doors, you know, you know, on a venture like this, but what is your, I guess, motivation? Is it because, you know, you brought all, you also brought life into this world or is it kind of like, well, I've been Just doing it before story. Isabella, yeah. my daughter Isabella. So I've been doing it way before Isabella. Yeah. My motivation just comes with, man, that, you know, is if I'm not going to do who is, mm. and even though there's other organizations out there doing it, we still need more people doing it. Mm. And if I didn't go through that experience with that person, Odin, in my house, I still probably came out with my mentoring, but it probably would have more focused on people getting out in jail. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have, you know, and then... With that, you know, or do you have a substance abuse problem, a domestic violence problem, you know, whatever. Um, for that ex- for that experience, I had experience in my own house. Hmm. That made me think, well, you know, this mentoring might be able to help a lot more people than just people getting out of jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so that's why, you know. But I think my motivation is just um, because, like, I don't want to see it. You know, I don't want to see, these, you know, anybody going through this, you know. Go down here, to what block away from down the wharf. You're gonna see it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, it's all over this place, man. You go over here on Buckley Street, you're gonna see it. Spruce mm-hmm. Street, you're gonna see it. Ray Street, you're gonna see it. You know, Philadelphia, you're gonna see it. Camden, you're gonna. It's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we we went down to which do what street was that? Where it literally it felt like time stopped and we legitimately it was Kensington Allegheny. We literally it. And I don't know how, you know, how how at a base touch of, you know, from reality we are or whatever it was. We pulled in, dude, I'm getting the chills. It it felt, it literally looked like, like a movie. I was, it was overwhelming. Just, I I can't even describe the scene. Uh, I didn't even know, I was driving and I was like, I just had to pay attention where I was driving uh, just to get through the first couple of lights. But, um it it was real. It was just there, yeah. and there was no film crew. There was no highlights of music playing in the background. Check this out. Here we are in Philly. No, dude, with or without those cameras, the this is happening, and these people yeah. need help. Like yeah. it, it was so real. I can't even describe it. Literally, it was just for like three nights. I just stared, stared, stared at my ceiling. Out of each individual, I felt like I. I looked over, looked to the left because I was driving again, saw somebody and then like almost like implanted them in my mind so I can pray yeah. for them later or something like that. But for like the next three nights, that was, dude, that was 20 minutes of my time, of our time, whatever it was. Well, we, yeah, it was. Um, we were out there for a couple hours, but that, that scene was like not even, I, I, I no, genuinely honestly, was speechless. It was like, Dude, we just rolled through it. It was like a matter of minutes, and it felt yeah. like forever, but it was like hundreds and hundreds of people. It looked like there was a festival going on, and it was just hundreds and hundreds of people just locked, stuck in a world. It was like it was stuck. I, I, I cannot describe that yeah. anymore, but it was like world was in slow motion. Yeah. We were stuck. They were stuck. We looked over, and it was... I, 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 gen, I still don't even know what to say about it. It <laughs> yeah, was like it was this... Was, it was real. I don't even know. 
sad. It was, it was sad. It was, it was scary. It like, was like overwhelming. I'm like, what the heck? And, and being around here, we've seen like someone all high and stuff like yeah. that. Just one. But yeah. when you see when you see hundreds of people, of people at the same time doing the same thing, yeah. that's scary. Yeah. In a small. Try doing it overnight. Yeah. Like, well, I, that, when you face, said that, yo, I, I put <laughs> myself in that play. I'm like, yeah, like, you said that, no. and it was a one corner where there's three, there's there's three guys, three gentlemen. Um, I can't. I'm assuming they're talking to each other. I have no idea what was going on. Um, it, I, and all I could think of was like, what, like what, what is, what are they talking about right now? No. And, and and that's all I'm thinking. And one had a bag, and you start thinking of all this stuff. Like, what's in the, what's in his book bag? What's in this? What's in that? So I just, and that was just a brief moment. I'm, the overnight when you said that, I'm just staring at you because I'm no. just like, what has to be going through your mind? <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you, man, I was I got there at like 10 o'clock at night. We were, we were about 10 people in this house. We all were sitting out like we were sitting out talking at first. I went and bought them all food. We are chilling. And I'm just like, you know, I'm like, well, where am I sleeping at tonight? And they're yeah. like, uh, you want to stay in the bathroom? This is a abandoned building, no electricity. I'm like, oh, I'm going to stay in the bedroom. They knew I was going to be there. Yeah. But then they got in their zone, man, and, you know, I just was. Wow. This was dumbfounded by it. It literally looked like I was walking through a Walking Dead movie. Mm-hmm. But they That's were just yeah. standing in position. That's what it was. And I'm like walking, people like, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. and it's just, I wasn't scared. And I was just more like, damn. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they want to close the campsites down there. Where do you think they're going? You think that you close a, uh, a campsite, you know, these people are just like, all right, well, we're done. We're going to not do drugs no more. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go around the corner of this abandoned building. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's what, that's how it is, man. So, I don't know. So, so um, you, you know, I, I alluded to this a couple times, but oh, when you when you write your poetry or when you use that as an outlet or music, um, is that something you encourage? To other people, yeah, actually, that's part of my uh, mentoring program. Inside okay. the program, we I do a um, a poetry class. Oh, nice! So there's different classes. So there, you have to take a um, uh, behavioral class if you want to. Um, there's different classes. The, I'm not saying behavioral. There's um there's a word for it, but not behavioral. But there's different classes that we offer. Um, the class one class a, a probation officer that's a friend of mine um, teaches. Um, I got this economic economic. I'm saying that right. A uh, teacher from the tech school uh, who comes in and will teach people about money and saving money and you know so there's different things that we do yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so but yeah but the po- poetry that's part of what I do I'll go and I'll hold a class you know if people want to learn how to po- write poetry you know I'll teach them how to write poetry you know that's so awesome. we do all kind of different things it's more you know you'll see the people will see it more and be able to talk more about once I'm back with the uh, facility and back funded to be able to do that yeah um I didn't realize that you really do money need money to run a non a non-profit organization right, right, <laughs> you know right. you are non-profit right you really need funding for a non-profit organization yeah. so you know it's it's I, I knew that but didn't realize you know the you know you know, I just thought that you know you do this, and then the government be like here, here, here. No, yeah. Don't work <laughs> like that. You have to go out there and fight for it. So, all right, cool. So at this moment, we're gonna take a step back for an advertisement all around removal. Uh, they specialize in interior demolition and property cleanouts. Contact Dante Reeves at two six seven two ten nine three seven four. All right, so back to our guest, Morris. Uh, how do you manage? Uh, I know as soon as you got here, you're talking about you know putting your daughter to 
uh, bed. Um, you, you know, you work, you're doing this. How do you, how does the, the work life, you know, balance? How, how do you manage that? Man, my telephone, man. Yeah. I keep my telephone on me, man. And, <laughs> yeah. and people know that, um, between seven thirty and five, um, I'll answer my phone, but I might not be able to go do anything for you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but after five o'clock, it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's all open. Uh, my kid's mom, she's more understanding, so so we don't have, I don't have a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. All right, real, uh, real quick, last question. What's your recommendation anyone who's trying to start a charity or anyone trying to start a movement uh, to get the ball rolling? Whatever you believe in, do it. You know, I yeah. tell people all the time, man, let the, um, who lost people, mm. let the reason why somebody died be the reason why you live. Mm. You know what I mean? So... Um, if you lost somebody to cancer, fight about cancer. Speak out about cancer. With domestic violence, speak out about domestic violence. Speak out about anything that you think is going to spread awareness and change lives. You know what I mean? It's it's not hard yeah. to start a charity, yeah, event, or a charity organization. Um, I'm five hundred one c three, and that's the only time you I really had to put money out yeah. is to get that. And other than that, you know what I mean? It's it's all about your passion and, and you know, what you want to do. You know, you can start a movement for bullying. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it, it all. Mm-hmm. The, you know, we do we do a lot of that. We do a lot of talking about bullying. Actually, I got to start that soon. School starts soon, so we got to promote our bullying um, awareness event. Um, so, it's to start a charity event, man. Just go with your heart, wherever your heart's going to take you, man. I believe that if you lost somebody or if you didn't lose somebody, if you got a son or daughter struggling with something, let that be your fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love it. Because you don't know, you never know whose life you're going to inspire or change. So I'll leave it with that. Absolutely. So if anyone wants to reach out uh, to you directly, to, to, to your movement, how can they find you? I know you alluded to it earlier. You can find me on Facebook under No More Pain Inc. or Morris Derry. That's M-O-R-R-I-S. Last name is Derry, D-E-R-R-Y. Uh, my email address is no more pain, I-N-C, 215 at Gmail. Um, I'll even give you my number. It's 215-416-5248. Call me. Um, let me know how I can help you in your recovery or how I can help you, period, if you just want to talk. You know, some people call me up. Yo, man, I just want to talk. All right, cool. What's up? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, you, sure. you got to make it fun, man. You don't want people to call you and think that they're going to be talking to a, a counselor or mm-hmm. a psychiatrist. I call them. Like, Yo, what's up? Man? You want to go bowling? You want to do something? You want to go yeah. down <laughs> fishing? You want to do anything? Simple conversation goes a long way, man. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, we, we had a couple guests on where it's, it even goes back to, you know, our parents. Our parents could tell us, or whoever, your guardians, whoever it was, tell you something a million times. But because it came from them, you're half listening, right? But you went to someone like yourself, or you went to an aunt or an uncle or a cousin. They said it, and it clicked or something. Yeah. Maybe, sometimes you just need to hear it from yeah. someone else yeah. who's not putting all that judgment yeah. on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. heavy already. You need to hear it from you know. I mean, I'm gonna tell you this, man. When I first started, there's been people got my face down there. Yeah. Oh man, you just out here trying to make a name for your organization. You don't really care about us. I'm like, yeah. hold up, man. First of all, yeah, you're right. You know, I I got my no more paint shirt. I'm out here trying to you know get my organization going. Yeah. And when yeah. you when you cuss and use you know use that tone and be get back in their face like, I'll go on to the next. Yeah. yeah They're yeah. more like, oh, 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 oh hold on, right, man. right, right, come right. here, oh, come <laughs> here, buddy, don't leave. Why are you so mad? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, but if you go down there, if you go down there and let people, if you go down there and let people see that 
you can be manipulated. Oh, yeah. people manipulate you all. They try it all the time. Man. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, I'm here doing this for you, but at the same time, man, you just can't just bully me or get over on me right. or try to play me like I'm stupid. Right. You're just not going to work. Right. And, you know, and, and I, I, I got that respect with the people. I can go to Kensington on a block where 50 drug dealers are out there. They won't mess with me because they know that I respect what you're doing. I'm not going to go around the corner and call the police. Oh, they're over here hustling drugs. No, that's not my game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah My game is helping you too. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to sell, you want to stop selling drugs, give me a call, man. I can help you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, you go out there. It's all about your approach, man. I go out there. I don't think I'm bigger or better than nobody, man. Mm. I go out there. I, I, I tell them where I've, I've been, what I've been through. Um, and they're more likely to open up and, and, and let you into their life, man. So. I love That's it. Awesome. All right, so we like to end our shows with quotes, and the first one is by Franklin D. Roosevelt. The only limit to our realization of tomorrow will be our doubts of today. And the second one is by Colin Powell. There are no secrets to success. It is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. No more pain in this episode. We have special guest Morris Derry. We cover topics that range from mentorship, substance abuse, domestic violence, homelessness, and much more. We wrap the episode up from quotes from Colin Powell and Franklin D. Roosevelt. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed.